and welcome to Sacred Start Studios. We are a platform, a place, a conversation being had for yogis, coaches, therapists, yoga instructors, those who assist and live their joy, their passion, and their pleasures helping others live more wonderful lives. We are recognizing that you see the world in ways that most don't seem to comprehend and understand. You have a clarity and a lucidity to your seeing, and that sometimes makes you feel like an outsider, and maybe you are a bit of an outsider because of that. But you have a tribe here who understands that exploration, who understands what you see, what you feel, and what you get. And that is what we're here to do, to support you in the conversation around those ideas, to open up everybody's mind, whoever wants to listen, whoever's willing, to be in the conversation around what it means to live a sacred, wonderful, beautiful life, even in the mess of it, even in the mess. That is what Sacred Start's here for, to support you. So welcome to sacredstart.com. May you enjoy all the conversations all of the contemplations and the learnings and the understandings that we are sharing here. And thank you for sharing yours as well. Hi. Welcome back. <laughs> thank you. Sure. Could you, you can hear me now, yeah? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, wonderful. I could hear you as well. So new technology, figuring it out. So let's just jump in and start exploring and we'll let the technology run as it is and whatever happens, happens. So welcome to our first conversation together on this Sacred Start podcast and studio. This is uh, really fun. So we, uh, Hilda and I have obviously been talking and working together for a bit. And this podcast is brand new. It was something that I wanted to bring into play so that we could have a little bit more dialogue around the sacred and just explore and have a freshness in conversation. So um, Hilda, that is what we'll do. We'll just play, we'll explore. Um, do you want to tell the people, tell whoever's listening, our wonderful guest here with us right now, a little bit about what you're up to and what you do? Yeah, I do uh, several different things. Uh, I work as a yoga teacher. I teach uh, yin yoga. I do teacher trainings for yin yoga, uh, longer ones and shorter ones between 50 and 200 hours. So that's a big part of what I do. Mm -hmm. um, I also work as a psychotherapist, gestalt therapist, and that's kind of what I'm bringing into this sacred start arena. Mm -hmm. yeah and you're also a mother yes i am yeah. <laughs> so full pretty... days i have three kids between seven and twelve um mm -hmm. so that's keeping me occupied for sure and you also have an accent for some reason why is that or do well, i have the accent <laughs> are you saying i'm having i have an accent i've never heard that before <laughs> <laughs> one of us has an accent i'm not sure <laughs> No, yeah, I, I'm from Norway. I live in Norway, so that's why I have the accent. Okay. Yeah. Lucky you. I want to have the accent. Well, you can just <laughs> pretend to have one. and Not necessarily the Norwegian accent, but, you know. No, that, that probably would be difficult. Yeah. So, I, I imagine. For me, it would be a little challenging. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe you Perfect. will pick up a Portuguese accent after a while. Yeah, my Portuguese accent, so people know I've been for two years, almost two and a half, and um, I don't have a Portuguese accent yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> and when I speak Portuguese, when I try, often it sounds more French, a little Italian, and I don't speak Italian, nor do I speak French. Yeah, because so, they have quite different R's than you have, don't they? Yeah, there's a there's a, a couple different R's. There's a rolling R, and then there's also a when it's spoken, it's said that it's more of like a French R, which is apparently more like ah. Yeah, that's the R I speak with in Norwegian, actually. Yeah, lots of different sounds. Yeah, it's yeah. fun to play with words. Yeah, it's quite amazing. Um, that's perfect. So I just wanted a little introduction to you know, bring you into the fold here and for people to get a taste of what you, of your, your profession and potential things that you offer. And we won't necessarily talk about that so much and maybe we will, we'll see as it unfolds. But I really just wanted to start playing around and diving in more to some of the, the sort of the, the playfulness of the sacred and what that looks like for you and what is sacred? You have this beautiful piece on the site that you talked about the sacred and what it means to you. And there's so many different things, obviously, that exist yeah. within there. And it, you know, for my taste of what I got from reading your piece is that it's anything and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's really a connection to presence about it and the things that you were saying. So you want to share a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's, it's actually very kind of accurate what you say because my life is pretty my days are pretty much the same I live in the same place I have kids uh, I do my work I don't really travel as much as I like to at the moment because of kids and work and different things um, so before I used to have this idea that I needed to travel or do different things to have new perspective or new kind of inputs uh, but the more I stay put where I live the more I grow roots the more I find that the details get even brighter I and I explore more and more just by being in one spot mm-hmm. uh, and that that has given me a lot of thought about what is sacred what is life and for me, life is, it's, I don't know how to, what the English word is. It, it's like something that's fresh every day. Mm-hmm. It's something that's fresh from moment to moment. And it's never the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it really can be anything. It can be laying in bed and actually noticing that, that that's what I'm doing or doing the dishes and that's what I'm doing or talking to a client and that's what I'm doing uh, having an argument with my daughter and noticing that's what I'm doing it's it's just uh, like you said it's being present what is the word in Norwegian that you would use okay it's kind of like fresh produce uh, interesting uh, yeah it's it's you know, yeah. so when you were saying that, I, I so much love 
and appreciate that you brought in the idea that it's also when you're having an argument with your daughter. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, because... that's, that's also part of, uh, that's also part of the human experience. I think, I don't know, at least for me, I get myself in a lot of trouble when I argue with what is, and sometimes having an argument with a 12 year old is what is, or getting annoyed at my 10 year old is what is, mm. you know? Um, and when I accept that, it just passes so much faster. Mm. And is it passing faster because you're not fighting it or holding on to it? Uh, yeah, probably. Bring it to be something else. Probably. Like I used to get really upset with myself. For example, if I was arguing with my kids, I was like, oh, I should be a better mom. I should be always patient. I should be always be. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not always patient. Nobody is. And this is just part of it, you know? Uh, so I don't really kind of argue with myself after mm -hmm. so much anymore. Mm. If I don't know if any of this makes any sense, but it's... Yeah, that actually makes perfect sense to me. And yeah. I think we've, we might have talked about it before, and it's similar in some regards to me that around the idea that it's not really... Choices and the things that we do matter, but a lot of time we cause ourselves external or extra suffering. Because yeah. we ruminate about the choice we made instead of recognizing, okay, let me make another ch different choice. Or that was okay that that happened, but I don't have to feel guilty and terrible as if I'm, you know, sinner stuck to stone for the rest of my eternity because of that. But yeah, that's what we do, right? We kind of tie a rock around ourselves a stone and then jump off the water and drown in it. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I've really been giving it a lot of thought since I've had kids. Like, what is my kind of aim as a parent? Mm -hmm. And it really is to have these kids that grow up to be resilient adults, like mm -hmm. balanced and centered in themselves. And if they never come across an argument or if they never come across things like that with me or their dad... Um, it's going to be difficult for them to acknowledge all these feelings in, in themselves because I think everybody feels anger or sadness or um, so that's it's important for me to kind of show my emotions to my kids and of course when the heat is over to have conversations with them often I'm saying like sorry I should have I wish I could have done it differently but that's the best I could manage or something like that and it 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 really makes them appreciate that people are more than just one thing. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah, they, they can, I don't know, they can stand up for themselves in a different way or they can kind of put up boundaries more easily or they can help each other out or I don't know. You know what I hear, like, I hear in this also is the allowance to be imperfect. Yeah, it's it's um, it's kind of one of those big existential questions. Like, I am imperfect, and that's something I think we as a society kind of struggle with because we aim to be these perfect people all the time. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I see it especially like I'm kind of in the middle of this child racing areas or years of my my life and I see it a lot in parents like it's I don't know the standards are really high so <laughs> I try to lower them a little bit <laughs> yeah it, and that's that's curious language that you just used there um <clears throat> <laughs> But there is a, something that popped into my mind and some of the work that I've done and clients that I've talked to in the past, you know, because I do everything and I keep it confidential, right? So um, I could share, I just keep it anonymous. Um, but I've had clients who they'll tell me, it's like, I, I feel so bad about this, but sometimes I resent having children. Mm. And it's, and I'm like, wow, that seems so normal to me. <laughs> I, I totally understand and appreciate it. And I'm very empathetic with them. And for me, it just makes sense. Like, of course you do. And they feel so guilty about even saying that. And yeah. I'm like, you know, it's okay. You know, you're not going to tell your child, I resent having you or anything like this, but to acknowledge those feelings and emotions, uh, they're very, they're not, they're true for the person experiencing the thoughts. You know, and then, yeah. And yeah. And just like telling you these things, I'm sitting here feeling guilty, like, oh, people must think I just yell at my kids all the time and then I'm an awful mom. And I was like, but I'm not. I really love them. I'm really sweet most of the time, you know? So even just saying these things and I know my truth, still I come up with this this inner voice and like you need to you need to also tell the good things you do. You don't want to come across as just somebody who is kind of yelling at the kids. Yeah. So it's it's a touchy subject. This with yeah. the bringing up. I have kids to tell you this the way I'm the way I'm hearing you right now. You sound like a terrible mother. Terrible. <laughs> this is so funny because while you're saying what you're saying, I, there's not even a sliver in my mind. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. So. Can you hear me now? I can. It just dropped out for a second. Yeah, that's okay. That's is, is your connection bad or what's going on? Um, I know I'm connected. I'm not sure. So, but I was just saying that there's not even a sliver of that idea in my mind. <laughs> no, I know. About your children. So it's so fascinating. And this is exactly that conversation that people have in their head that creates so much pressure thinking that, you know, I can't believe I'm having these feelings or this or, but it's beautiful that you could share that is going on within you right now and it's like yeah. kind of awareness and that's very it, it shows right that you have an understanding and you're thinking and you're open to exploring your own self and your own evolution and growth in uh, in the world and in life well, it was really fascinating and really beautiful so I it really might also have to do that i've been kind of around my <laughs> seven-year-old for five days straight now he's got the chicken pox oh yes uh, <laughs> yeah. so i'm like i need some me time yeah, absolutely <laughs> absolutely and uh, that uh, i think every parent can relate to exactly and i'm not a parent but i have parents so <laughs> and i once was a child and i i get to watch so many people parent and you can really feel that you know, and I can feel in the, not only the need for space, um, but also the need to have somebody that a parent can express these 
deeper emotions that they're holding in because they feel guilty about expressing almost. Yeah. You know, and they have to be able to have somebody that can hear that and say, you know, it's okay. It's, you know, you, it, sometimes some of, some of my clients, they, they, it's amazing because they would share that with me, but they wouldn't even share it with their other friends probably because, and I'm projecting here, I don't know for sure, probably because they don't want their other friends or whoever else to potentially construct them or perceive of them as being bad parents for saying that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a big order being a parent today, I think. Yeah. It, it also, in my mind, since we're talking a little bit, this is, you know, very sacred of the relationships between parents and their children. But it just made me, it popped an image into my mind that all bathrooms should be labeled as sacred spots. You know, this yes. the one spot where, because <laughs> everybody knows if you have children, the, when you go to the bathroom, that's the favorite place for a child to get their parent because the parent can't escape. Yeah. It's no. Like, follow you into the bathroom. And we, I think we talked about this a little bit before. I remember. Yeah, we did actually. And my dad would follow her into the bathroom as well. I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to go to the bathroom. No, so, we have a lock. So that's kind of, I've uh, established that when people are in the bathroom, they are on their own. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a respected space actually in this household. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the sacred um, the simple things in life like this really <laughs> i love that yeah so let's just dig into a little bit more about um some of the things that we've been discussing and also this uh piece that you wrote about the dow and effortless action and having a lot of fun exploring for me it's been really fun to explore the um the, the connection and see we're putting words to these sort of things that are states of being mm. the um the one reason why i am always been attracted to sort of this word this uh, sacred there's a ton of you know connotations with it but it it sort of is touching or trying to get to something that can't be explained with words it, yeah being without manipulating or trying but in a state of being coupled with doing at times is really a, a, a sensation that's that feels very special and sacred to me and I think it's one that we're always trying to ex, um, express to other people and some I think art tries to do this not you know not, not necessarily completely but I think this is one of those things of trying to understand and explain itself back to us so I'd be curious for you with what you wrote and shared and how that resonates and falls into your mind? Yeah, for me, it's it's definitely rings true when you say about um, that it cannot be spoken uh, because sacred for me, it's it's more of a state. It's more of um, being. And once I try to explain it, this happens. I get very like, what am I trying to say and which words am I using? And the words kind of, I, I kind of lose my words, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but the best I can try to explain it is it doesn't have to be a particular thing for me. It doesn't have to be every time I practice yoga, it's sacred. Or if I was religious, every time I visited, visited a church, it was sacred. It's more 
it can be anything mm-hmm. um but it's more when it's being kind of done through me and not me doing it if that makes sense yeah absolutely when i'm i'm not the one walking i am being walked um or i'm not the one doing the dishes the dishes are being done through me you know mm-hmm. uh i'm not the one speaking to a friend i'm being spoken through it's it's i don't know i think it's something to do with with when the eternal part of me if you want to call it your higher self or your soul or your god or universe i don't know what people call these things mm-hmm. but when that's kind of what's leading in my life yeah definitely. and it can it can be quiet and it can be it can be doing things it doesn't have necessarily just to do with sitting still in meditation or anything like that mm-hmm. it can also be action it can also be work it can also be writing or reading or whatever yeah beautiful it's, it keeps coming up for me is like it's so strange how attracted I am to the idea that it is all of it. There's something mm. for me about being in love with the mess and the chaos of life and knowing that it's always been messy and it will probably always be messy and to be in love with that wildness and that, that is life itself is it sings to me in some kind of way. It's so freeing because I find, and this, it is really normal to find it's, the desire for everything to be and people want to repel or keep away the things that they're saying or calling, you know, this is terrible or sucks, or I don't like this, or I don't like that, or this shouldn't be that way or whatever the case may be. But when you get to that place where you just fall in love with that as well, not that Mm. I always do this, but often enough, I am in this place. It's wonderful. And it's so just like, it's so enlivening and mysterious and it breathes beauty and it is this being that you were touching on right there that kind of it has that sensation too of being that we are being lived but we are also the thing that's living it yeah yeah and i don't know i'm just saying that it's really exciting to me to have that sensation come up for me in my body while i'm listening to you talk about and express it as you're expressing it yeah and and for me personally, the thing about kind of accepting what is mm-hmm. um, and not trying to fight it mm-hmm. has been, has had an enormous impact of my life. Yeah. Uh, and I also find that when I fight the situation, like I, I like my, my scooter was stolen and I got real, really, really angry and I got really worked up and it took me all day in this state of anger because of a scooter i mean it's annoying and everything and then i just stopped and like okay this is what has happened you know Mm. uh and i sat with my anger and it just i don't know just disappeared Mm. and I, i find that again and again and again if i don't fight the situation it I don't know, it kind of loses some of its uh, its power or its, its potency somehow. To take that to a, another place, so it loses its potency. And I'm just going to ask you a question if I may. I already have an answer mm-hmm. for this in some regard. But why do you think it loses its potency? Uh, 
I don't well <laughs> this is kind of a funny story because I am I used to be very good at spinning with like a bad thought I would spin it to the end of the world and it would just grow and grow and grow and my friend told me she works as um she, she's an energy worker and she told me you know that feeling can only last for 20 minutes and after that it's just a repetition of what has been mm-hmm. so i i actually I've, I've done this a few times i've put a timer on when when it, like a very big feeling comes up if it's anger or sadness or whatever you want to call it and i sit with it and within like within 20 minutes it's gone you know so i don't know i don't know what it is there's all these theories about it but i haven't i don't really have my own answer sure that's that's cool that's just had the experience of it losing its power yeah so for me you're talking about a very uh biochemical reaction almost like you have a thought mm. it's really strong and the thought runs through your body so if somebody were to scare you for example and you're mm. they scared you and then you realize oh, i was a friend everything's fine then they don't say anything and it's just quiet you're sitting there you're gonna your body's probably having a reaction that's gonna you know wither away after a moment it's just gonna dissolve or dissipate after you know, maybe this 20 minute window right so there's that so probably with like a scooter being stolen that might have that kind of emotion where for me, also, that's true, and that's kind of interesting. So it's an instigation of a, a thought instigates something, and then that re- has a response, and then it happens so fast, probably. And I know this is these are two different situations: the scooter, and then what you're what happened with your friend when you used to spin. But the the thing happens so fast that your body automatically reacts, but it's reacting to a thought. And then the for me, when I ask that question the thought it's real for you, but it's just a thought. So it's not necessarily real. So if you sit there for a second or 20 minutes, whatever the case may be, you actually have the opportunity to watch your thoughts. And the very nature of us is for one thought to come and another thought to come and then another thought. And then, you know, just that's the way it is. Thought after thought after thought. Right. And so the spinning would be like hooking onto a thought and then recreating the mm. thought over, over. And so instead of letting, if, if you just were to have slow down or stop and watch the thought, that thought would have dissipated and left. But instead, you know, you're reign- throwing more fuel on the fire to reignite the thought. So the thoughts really actually, they're real for you, but they're not real. That's why they can just dissipate and fall away. Yeah. Yeah. But the- yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, what this is making me think of is how, like how the body reacts, how the nervous system react- reacts. Um and how it kicks into fight or flight, even if it's something imagined or if it's real. Sure. Uh, and I also think that's causing a lot of trouble for us these days because we're always connected or we're always like we're always reachable. Sure. Um, we're always available to be stimulated in one way or another like this, you mean? So like yeah and it it's it hasn't been that long it's only only been maybe i don't know 10 years since the iphone came mm-hmm. yeah this uh, that would be uh, a really fascinating conversation too because i have different ideas about that because um i was experiencing like overstimulation and all of this in a thousand different ways before all of the technology came as it did not that i was like mm-hmm. born 
stone age or anything, but it was all there and available, but just in different ways. And it's almost for me, I, I, I see it's, it is definitely been crafted to keep us hooked and addicted. So I think this is the one common thing that's different than it it used to be. Mm. But yet those things for me still existed then like the stimulation, the fight and flight and um, the experiencing of the thoughts as, you know, being those different things as well and feeling it in my body. Oh yeah, for sure. That's always been around. I think, I mean, that's a human response. But I mean, to the extent where it's always like the overdosing of it as you're speaking of, you know? Yeah. But it is definitely, that's, I was just, it's like, it's a longer conversation because there's, it's true what you're saying about the technology. But I, I, I feel as if that was there in some regard. So yeah, but I also remember when I grew up, like in the 80s in Norway, we had one TV channel. Mm-hmm. Um, the stores closed, everything was closed at, I don't remember, four o'clock, I think, five o'clock. You can go shopping or do groceries after five. Um, yeah, wow. Thursdays, it was open till seven, I think. Saturdays, it closed us at two. Everything was closed on Sundays. It's still, everything is still closed on Sundays. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and you're in a town of 300,000? Yeah. That's a city, small city. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the second largest place in this country. So it's, um, <laughs> in our standards, it's a city, but it's, yeah. it's, it's in reality a tiny place definitely and not to get too far off topic from where we're going but yeah also for me i was in a city of millions when i was young yeah so there's always you know cars and noise and trouble and violence yeah. and all this stuff so the story child that i was that i had growing up was there's a lot of beauty but there's also always something it just it never stops and yeah did you ever get an opportunity you know, you really had to make those opportunities to leave the city, to go to another place to have a different kind of stimulation, slower stimulation, a different calm. Yeah, so I think we've had probably very different upbringings. Yeah, yes, definitely. <laughs> like just in just in uh, just in um, mm-hmm. regards of ethnicity. Yeah. Uh, well, this is okay. So this is what's beautiful about what we're speaking of and where we started, because the very thing, the this idea of the sacred and all these experiences, that's beyond all of that stuff. It's available to everybody always. Yeah. It's, it's in the, the innate experience that exists for each individual to touch and to explore and experience. That's no, gorgeous. Yeah, and for me, the sacred sacred also has a lot to do with connection. Mm-hmm. And the connection starts with me being connected to me, you know? And I know I cannot never, I, like, I'm always connected with me and all these things, but I, I for sure notice a difference in quality. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's move and shift a little bit. So when you're working with people, 
because you're working with people, not only their minds, but also their bodies and that's the spirit mm. as well. So when you take somebody, if you were to sit with somebody right now, because one of the things we are doing with Sacred Start is if people want to have that conversation with you, they can, you know, yeah. talk to you and reach out to you about working with you. But what are some of the things that you do with people when you would take this? And I know we're using sacred as a, it's, it's a word that we're using in our conversation, but it's not necessarily what you would use with those you're working with. But the idea, like, what, what would you do with somebody in that regard? Um, well, one of the things I find really beautiful about Gestalt therapy is that it's, it's very grounded in the present moment. Um, so I never really have an agenda. I never really have, I, I don't follow a script. I don't follow a plan. I don't write anything down sure. as we, as I have the conversation, I'm there with the client and so what's happening in the moment is one of the things. And the other key part is the connection between the therapist and the client. And just really following the client where she wants to go, being present with her. Um, so helping the client find, helping the client find awareness. That's a big, big part because we really do have all the answers ourselves, mm -hmm. but very often we kind of, we we work on autopilot we don't really know that we're tensing our shoulders or that every time i talk about my mom my kind of my face goes into this knot you know we we aren't really aware of those things uh, so the therapist or me will kind of highlight those things like oh I, I see that you're talking about your mom and you cross your arms what are you aware of can you wh where do you feel your body how can you describe what's going on so we it's always in the present moment beautiful and the kind of transformations people will have from that coming away from something like that is just a sort of a, an awareness and a freedom from that tension or yeah the idea or the what's happening is that it's very easy to repeat old patterns because most of the times we don't really know that that's what we're actually doing because we're so used to repeating what we're doing uh, but the moment you see what you're doing, the moment you get awareness that every time I talk about my boss, I tense my shoulders and okay, maybe I can do it differently. You have a different option, but you need to know what you're doing before you can kind of reach the other option. Okay, that's beautiful, yeah. Bringing that self-awareness to people to see the truth of what's really happening. Yeah, it's it's um, like the whole awareness category is it's it's big in this kind of psychotherapy. Amazing. And also also working with the body, I think it's one of the few therapy forms that leans on the body because the body is speaking all the time and the body remembers the body remembers so well. Um so just often pointing out to the client what they're actually doing. Like uh, you were talking about this and your feet moved forward. Did you get a sensation? Oh yeah, I was really eager about this work or I really like this guy or, you know, so the, the body is speaking all the time, but we aren't always aware about it. Mm -hmm. Amazing. 
Yeah. So that brings a, a level of self-awareness. And then the, once you sort of wake up to those things and you are, are free to make better choices for yourself. Yeah. And you, you can notice like the next time you speak about something that you dread, you can maybe feel like I'm tensing my shoulders again and you can choose something else, you know? Absolutely. Or you can ask yourself, so what's going on? Why am I tensing my shoulders? Is this really something to be scared about? Or is this an old pattern? Or, But before you have the awareness of what's going on both in your mind and in your body, there's like change isn't really going to last, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and with the clients I've worked with, I've really seen amazing results. I'm, I'm completely blown away sometimes to be honest with you yeah that's a, that's such a wonderful feeling isn't it yeah and it's it's also really humbling work just being there listening um mirroring and not trying to fix anything mm. because i really don't think anyone is broken i really think we just have like we all have our lives. Life is pretty shitty sometimes, you know, and it, it's, we, we, we carry it with us and we don't really know that we're doing it. Yeah. So just getting the awareness of what you're actually doing um, is a br- brilliant way to start. Totally. And also to, to, to do this training, I have had to go into 70 hours of my own therapy. Mm-hmm. So that's also that's also kind of the strength I bring in as a therapist that I've also been a client. Yeah, I think that's important. For very, very many hours. I'm still not done with all my 70 hours, but I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm still working on, on those. Okay. Um, this, is, this is another topic I think that's really fun. And I'm going to jump a little bit. First, I want to invite, if that resonated, or if you're listening to this and that resonated, with you what Hilda said, feel free to reach out and contact her. Um, definitely do that. And then the other aspect that I wanted to speak to, I love that you said that because this is one thing I speak about on Sacred Start, and I wrote about this as well, is that people who aren't coaches, therapists, and yoga instructors or clients or um, helping other people live these lives, they always feel like you should have everything perfect. You're supposed to be and where and there's this sort of it's it's not 100 percent true but often it is where people will project onto you that you have to have it all figured out you know yeah like it's a fun thing for me i and i i watch my own projections sometimes with this because i'll listen to coaches who are uh, making you know seven figures or whatever the case may be yeah but they look healthy and i'm thinking to myself wow you have these powers you help so many people and transform but in this regard you know and it's like this is that person's challenge probably or it's just not that important for them and and it's same with me like I have my own things as well and it's it's really curious to to watch that and see that and to see how we all are humans dealing with human conditions but yet we also have these understandings uh, you know of the way the human condition plays out in the world and how it holds us or strangles us but yet we still also need assistance at times to get through our own stuff and to be woken up as well. You know, it's not a, it, it's not a, it's not binary necessarily. It's really curious to me and it's really fun to acknowledge that. 
And I think it's really hard for coaches and therapists and that I've talked to to really, it's kind of like the parent acknowledging that they resent their child every once in a while or having mm. not the kid themselves, but just like the lifestyle they lost because now they're, you know, they can't do this, that in their mind. Mm. Like this too. It's like, sometimes it's difficult to acknowledge for um, people who are assisting other people that, yeah, I still have some things as well. I got to deal with it. I'm talking to my own coach or my own therapist and so on and so forth. It's, it's really fascinating, but it's really nice to be able to have that space um, to play. And I think that's one of the things about Sacred Start, which I, I really wanted to come into that, to be that for those people and for us and, you know, to be able to acknowledge those, those things in our own life. So. Yeah, I think so too. It's it's like the thought that keeps coming to me is that I, I cannot hold another person if I'm not ever being held myself, you know? Oh. Um, and I've had so many funny comments from from like, especially yoga, yoga students like, oh, you just look like a normal person. I'm like, I am a normal person. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly. <laughs> it's like, you're not super skinny or super duper flexible i'm like no i'm a normal person i i don't know <laughs> that was funny and things like do you drink wine yes of course i drink wine don't you <laughs> so i don't know but people love to project so it's that's kind of one of the things coming back down to uh, coming full circle now which would be almost a pun in some regard coming back to the Tao of that you know it's it's both this and that yeah, it's it's um... excuse me, but there are nuances to it because some people want something different that's going to require a different, you know, um, pace or a different, um, not necessarily a mindset, but almost a sort of a different acknowledgement of what they need their reality to be for them to achieve or get the thing that they want to get or create the thing they want to create, right? So yeah, and I think I think the moment people start to realize that they are the only one that can live their life and that their life is not going to fit for anyone else, I think maybe we have a much more peaceful world because a lot of the things I find that we do is just projecting our own issues onto others. Um and only you can live your life and only I can live my life, you know? Yes, thankfully so. So if, if, if my goal was to become, what do you call these, like these people that are very strong, like the fitness, the bikini fitness. Yeah, uh, or... yeah if that was my goal, I probably would have to do a lot different in my life than I do now. Yeah. Uh, so for sure, different lives require different things. And that's, a, and that's a really pleasant place to be and to acknowledge as well, because it seems so simple. But yeah, people, yeah. including myself, get caught up sometimes in those other aspects of it, you know. And when you mm. allow yourself to have that recognition, then you come into a place, and this is, I think, something that is really important with what we do for our work and our lives, is that we're supporting everybody in their own journey to express themselves and, mm. themselves and discover whoever they are for themselves as they choose, you know? And that's such a beautiful freeing place to live life in general. And that's, that's, it seems 
in some ways to be a little bit weird. It makes you, it can make you feel like a weirdo or like you're outside of the, the fold or normalcy, which is fine with me, but it's, it is a real, a real thing. And that's a really beautiful place to be as well. I think. I just appreciate it a lot, to be honest, but it can sometimes. Yeah, just... me too. It's very liberating to just kind of know what I want. I've had a lot of discussions about this. I have a friend and she's a lawyer and she's very, but we have to have rules and we have to have all these things. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe I'm a little bit naive and I kind of, I want to keep that naiveness. Mm -hmm. But I honestly think that we all have a very strong moral compass. Um, so I think everybody could be able to live the life they want if we weren't so interested in kind of copying what everybody else wants in their life, you know? Yeah. So it's a beautiful yeah. gift. It's a beautiful gift to share and sort of give to other people. I think in the work is to let people have that. In fact, that's a lot of what I see when I'm working with people is the, uh, it's not an inability, but it almost is that they're not letting themselves say what they really want. Yeah. And to be able to take them to that place where they feel very powerful and free to say what it is they want without thinking too much about anybody else or whatever the case may be. It also allows them to live in a place where those other people that they were concerned concerning themselves with can be freer to live their lives as well. It's a very, yeah. it's a very reflective um, knowing and understanding and experience to have where the world starts reflecting back differently, I feel. Yeah, and just think of the, if, if we wanna put everything into vibrations or energy, just think of the vibration of person who's doing what he loves is sending out you know yeah absolutely like a person wants to be a carpenter and he's happy with it it's going to create a field of different vibrations than a person being a carpenter and wanting to make as much money as the richest person in his town unless that's what but, makes him happy <laughs> to do that <laughs> Yeah, but if it's being a carpenter that makes him happy, exactly. I'm just trying to say that. No, I feel you. I understand. One way of happiness isn't for everyone. One way of happiness is for one person. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if I may add to that, it feels so good. And I think this is—I I think this might be one of the reasons, one of the genesis for me doing what I do, is that I love being around people who love doing what they do and are in love with their life. And then, then that, that celebration becomes this wonderful to partake in. It's the be near. It's, you know, it's not always like laughing and jovial necessarily, but it just feels good. You know, it just, it resonates. And I, I think that is for me being in a place where I can be amongst more people who are living in a place of internal joy hmm. is, is what I want in life. You know, so I think. <laughs> yeah, I can I can definitely relate mm -hmm. to that one thing. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap it up because we're kind of cruising pretty good here. Um, is there anything else you would want to add to this, or anything else that's come up? Mm, no. 
No, I think it's good. Yeah, I feel good about it as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having a conversation with me. And it's been really uh, a lot of fun. And then starting off this relationship and being able to explore these things and ideas. So I really am appreciating how you're showing up and what you're doing. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, that's good. Huh? All right, well, it's ciao it's for now. I will talk to you very soon. Yes. All right, and thank you all for coming along on the ride. If you're still listening right now, if you're there with us, appreciate that as well. And definitely, if you want to join this tribe, contact one of us. And if you want some work, you want to have a connection with a wonderful therapist and yogi, contact Hilda. She should transform your life with you. So, all right, take care. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. If you're looking for a tribe to join, to become part of something where you can be supported in your way of seeing the world and understanding, if you're feeling a little bit outside of the norms and would take pleasure in sharing ideas, keeping the momentum moving more than anything, staying in the conversation around the sacred, really assist in keeping the momentum in your own life going and keeping each and every individual who understands what we're speaking of connected to each other. It's a joyful place to be. It's a lot of fun. And it's a celebration of life, which is my favorite. So come over, check it out. Send us a message. Join up if you feel called to do so. Don't hesitate. We're always here to have a conversation with you. And that is it for today. Ciao for now.